This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. And if you like what you hear, if it resonates with you, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review. This helps us get the message out to more and more women and help more and more moms. Thanks. What's up, guys? In this episode, I'm talking with Katrina Hermanette. She is a blogger and a mom of three living in the Midwest. Um, I was so attracted to her because she always posts hilarious things on Instagram under her name, Mommy Truth, um, basically about the ups and downs of motherhood and the hilarity that can ensue from that. Um, but what made me really want to have her on the show was one day she posted an article on her blog about DMER, and that is basically dysphoric milk ejection reflex. And what that is, is when a mom is breastfeeding, um, and her milk will let down and suddenly she'll feel feelings of anxiety and depression and sadness, and she won't know why. And it's actually a physical condition. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with postpartum depression, um, And I had kind of heard about it before, but I wasn't really sure. And I know for a fact that a lot of people don't know what this is. Um, And so that's why I wanted to have her on the show to talk about it. She gives a ton of great resources um, for people who, you know, if they think that this might be happening to them or someone that they love, um, she gives great resources on how to, how to get help and how to just navigate that whole experience. And basically, you know, if you, if this has happened to you, you know, just, bringing in that awareness and bringing in the understanding that, you know, you're not going crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. This is actually a physical condition. So I hope you enjoy the show and uh, my interview with Katrina. Enjoy. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the show. I'm super excited for our guest today. She is a mom and blogger, and she's here to talk to us about a really important issue. Um, It's an actual, it's actually a really common issue. Um, But as we were talking about before, this um, interview, like there's not a ton of information about it out there. And the issue is dysphoric milk ejection reflex. Um, And so we're going to get into all about that, what it is, how you can cope with it, her experience. Um, But first and foremost, you know, thank you so much, Katrina Hermanet, for being here with us today. Yes, I am so excited to be here and get information about this out for people. Absolutely. So why don't we get started? Why don't you just give us a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, I've lived in North Idaho since I was seven years old. Um, I'm originally from Southern California. I've been married for the past seven years, and I have three and a half year old fraternal twin boys and a nine month old little boy, and I'm a stay at home mom. So you definitely have your hands full. (laughs) Yes, to say the least. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I guess getting into the meat of our topic here, what is dysphoric milk ejection reflex and, and how did it touch your life? Okay. So basically it's a condition affecting lactating women that is characterized by a rush of negative emotions. Hmm. So, um, 
the abbreviation for it is DMER. And it happens when women who have a major drop in dopamine before their milk comes in, your dopamine, your dopamine has to drop some because it's a prolactin inhibitor, which is the hormone that you need to make more milk. So dopamine levels drop, so our prolactin levels rise. And most women never notice this, but for moms with DMER, dopamine drops lower than normal, which is when we experience that wave of fat emotions. And until it evens back out again, and once our prolactin starts to rise is when those bad feelings go away. Wow. But it started for me at about two months postpartum. And in fact, it might've been like a month and a half. I feel like it was like two or three weeks after my milk was kind of established. Mm -hmm. And um, I had had a really bad nursing pumping experience with the twins. So I was kind of dreading having to do it again. Yeah. And every time I would pump, I would get this rush of anxiety. And at first I'm like thinking that it was just like residual, um, leftover feelings from whenever I was pumping with the twins from being so overwhelmed because I didn't experience um, DMER with them. So I'm thinking in my head, oh, it's just because, you know, I just am dreading it and I don't want to do it. And I was like trying to give myself like a pep talk. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, why am I feeling like this every time I pump? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, millions of women do this. And um, finally, I started researching because I'm like, it, it was just so consistent every single time like right for the first three minutes that I would pump, it was just this rush of anxiety. And it was just, I was starting to get anxiety in between pumping sessions because I didn't want to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I finally researched and DMER or dysphoric milk ejection reflex came up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes so much more sense now. Wow. So was it just a feeling of anxiety or was it like depression or fear? I mean, what... How did that come across? Kind of everything all at once. Like I would get like really anxious and almost kind of panicky and like kind of depressed. And it was just like a rush of a bunch of bad emotions. And then how long would it last? Um, It felt like it lasted for like 10 minutes, but it was really only like the first three to five minutes. It was like, it's whenever your milk lets down and it's like that rush whenever you first start pumping And then like three minutes after that, it would subside. But that's every time and you're pumping, you know, God, what, how many times a day? Yeah. Every, you know, three to four hours. And it was every single time I would pump. So I was like, I would do it and then I would go through that. And then I would have to go through it again in four hours. And the four hours in between, I would be like anxious because I'm like, I don't want to have to go through that again. Right. Wow. So when all this was happening, when you'd done the research, did you seek out medical attention just to get like a a medical confirmation of what you thought you had? I did. And I set up an appointment with my OB and I talked to her about it and she had never heard of it. What? So she had never heard of it. And I'm like, okay. So I would, she kind of was learning from me as I was explaining stuff to her And she said it made sense. And I also have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So my hormones are out of whack anyway. And so she said it made sense to her as well since, you know, I have PCOS and that kind of stuff. So she's like, well, like she was kind of like, I'll research it more. Like, do you want treatment or, you know, like, what are you seeking out? And I'm like, more so, I just wanted to know if I was going crazy because- 
part of me was thinking like, am I like being dramatic? Like I, yeah, I don't like pumping, but come on. Like it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of me is like, or, you know, is this an actual condition? So once I found DMER, I'm like, okay, like this makes so much more sense now. Absolutely. But she agreed that that's what it, what she thought it was, but she had never heard of it until I had brought it up. So do they have any ways to test for it? Like any kind of blood test or anything like that? I don't know because she, like I said, she didn't really ha- didn't know about it. So I don't know. And then after that, I didn't research anymore. Like if I was going to, you know, go and be tested or because my ultimate goal was to pump until six months. Right. And so I was like at month four at that point. So I'm like, okay, I can do this for, you know, two more months. So that was kind of like how I kind of got through it was being able to see an end. That's amazing. I mean, that's amazing that you knew what it was. You had like every time you're pumping, you have these feelings of anxiety, Mm -hmm. sadness, and that you just still push through. I mean, that just, that's amazing. It was crazy. And nobody, none of my friends knew what it was. I was my best friend had a little boy two weeks after I did. So we were kind of experiencing everything at the same time. And I would ask her, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, do you ever get this feeling? And she's like, no, I've never heard of that. And my mom nursed all of us kids. So I'd ask my mom and she had never heard of it. And I'm just like, what in the world is this? But I think too, the fact that you'd had the twins first and you knew that this wasn't something typical, you know, like this wasn't yeah, what exactly. So I think that was a great advantage for you too, to be able to compare yeah. this. Wow. That's so interesting. So did the doctor say, or did your research come up with, you know, a correlation between PCOS and this happening, or is it just, it can just happen? It can just happen. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, what would be your advice for someone if they think they might be experiencing this, they don't know, um, what would you say to them? I would say the best thing that helped me cope was knowing what it was. Mm -hmm. And once I knew that I wasn't going crazy, you know, it it wasn't anything psychological, then it helped me. Um, The research that I have done um, has said, you know, kind of help the healing process in it all is knowing what it is and knowing that it's a real thing and knowing that you're not going crazy. And that was true for me too. Absolutely. I mean, I think that could carry over into anything that we deal with in motherhood. Oh, yeah. Know in your gut that something's not right, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. And to get that validation and and community, you know, online or wherever, I mean, that's huge, you know, because we're we're all fighting a battle. We're all dealing with, you know, the hard times of motherhood. And it's like, Mm-hmm. something like this comes into the picture and you're like, well, what is going on? Like, I need some help. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. totally. Huge. That's so huge. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's really empowering to, to say to women, you know, just to get, if you are questioning, you know, I, something's not feeling right. Every time I'm pumping, I'm getting these, this rise of feelings of, of dysphoria, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. To, to research and, and seek out. Cause I mean, that's a game changer. I feel like when you're struggling as it is just to keep your child alive and then you're exactly odd just to have that confirmation. No, you're not insane. Like you're not going crazy. Like, yes, motherhood is hard, but this is actually what it is. I mean, that's, that's powerful. So thank you. No, absolutely. So what were some of the things, I mean, I know you said you had a deadline, you know, you knew you could do it for two more months. What were some other things that you did to help cope um, with this condition? Um, I did some research and it can go away. 
there's different character or just they categorize it in different ways as mild, moderate, or severe. And I think in my case, I was moderate, but for mild, it goes away within the first three months. Moderate is it can stay up until nine months and then severe can stick around until 12 months plus. And, um, for me, it started to let up a little bit around four and a half months, but I personally didn't make it past five months of pumping because I had other issues going on as well. I had major gallbladder issues. So I was nauseous 24 seven on top of dealing with this dysphoria and I was an overproducer. So I had a ton of milk supply, which I, I don't know if that has something to do with it too, but, hmm. um, <clears throat> Yeah, like I said, I feel like I was moderate. So it was probably like four and a half months that it started to ease up. Mm-hmm. But would it only occur when your milk let down? So like if you weren't pumping anymore, if you were weaning your child off, would this go away? I think I think so. I mean, it all depends on how long it takes your body's hormones to even out. Like for me, I know my hormones are totally wacky anyway because of PCOS. So it just made sense that DMER was lasting longer for me. It was taking longer for my hormones to even out. But I did notice from when it very first started compared to when I stopped pumping, it was less severe and it wasn't as intense as it was at the beginning. Wow. So did your research come up with anything about the difference between this DMER versus, you know, something like postpartum depression? I mean, are they related or is it just two completely separate things? Two totally different things. So with postpartum depression, it's a psychological response. With DMER, it's a physiological response. That's really interesting because I feel like there's so many working parts, you know, in the human body. I mean, we're essentially a biocomputer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, if, if something is, is off, it can affect the whole machine and everyone around you. So Exactly. Again, I think that goes back to knowing exactly what's going on. You know, if you feel like something is off, like seeking help and doing Mm -hmm. and and getting that confirmation just so that you know, you know, this is not what it is. You know, even even knowing Mm -hmm. what it's not can be empowering and can make, I think, a person feel better. Oh, exactly. Um, There's a website. It's dmer.org. And that's the first thing that popped up whenever I searched. And they have a thing right on the at the front of the page, um, what DMER isn't. And they said it's not um, postpartum depression. It isn't related to postpartum depression because it is a physiological response instead of psychological. That's so interesting. So did it say anything on the website, like what actually causes it in some women and not in others? No, it just goes back to the whole dopamine thing. Um, It just depends on if your dopamine levels are normal or if they're not, or I guess it just depends. Cause I mean, I had never heard of it before. I really like to know how many are diagnosed within a year or, you know, how many are diagnosed in America. But I, I think it's something that a lot of women may go through and just not ever know or not ever get diagnosed because it's just so random. And right. unless you Google it, like, I found it by saying bad, emo- bad feelings with pumping. And then that's what popped up. Wow. And it's, it's interesting. I just imagine if you hadn't done that, you know, if you just thought, Oh, it's just baby blues or, you know, your life could have been totally different. You know, how you felt about role as a mother and your help, you know, what, how good of a job you were doing. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's why this is so important to get this information out there. Um, so oh, what, yeah. was your, what was your biggest takeaway um, from dealing with this? Um, I've learned that sometimes we get dealt cards that we just weren't expecting. And sometimes you just have to go through it, do the best you can. Um, like, like I said, my goal was to pump till six months and I made it to five and then I had enough stored in the freezer to get me to six. And I just had to let myself be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're so hard on ourselves as moms. I mean, just mm-hmm. we're all doing the best that we can. And so, you know, sometimes yep. you have to alter the game plan. You know, you have to take a different tack when it's exactly. your health and the health of your babies. And thank goodness that you did have all that extra milk, you know I mean? Yeah, totally. And even if you didn't, you I know, mean, it would have been okay. Oh yeah. I mean, I learned that pretty quickly with having the twins first because I, being a new mom, like I had no idea what to expect and having them, like I set like soft goals, I guess I could say like certain things that ideally I would like to get to, but I just learned really quickly that I had to have grace with myself and I had to be okay with things turning out a different way than I originally had planned. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's an important lesson for life. You know, you never know what life mm-hmm. will throw at you from day to day and just like, no, exactly. you know, to have grace for yourself first. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. is harder on themselves than anyone would be to them. Like I know that personally. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. The monologue is harsh, you know, and I, mm-hmm. if you, if you buy into that and, and don't give yourself a little room, you're going to be miserable. And then, you know, everyone around you is going to be miserable too. And it's, it's just, exactly. it's kind of like a form of insanity. You know, you kind of have to step back yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to give myself uh, a little leeway here. I'm doing the best I can. So, yeah, I'm right there. Um, So what's something, and this is the question I always ask my guests. I love this question because I think it it shines light on the interview. And then it also gives the guests a chance to self-reflect and bring more self-awareness to themselves. So I think it's a really powerful question. Um, And the question is, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you sooner? Um, I think it would go back to giving yourself grace, um, especially as a mom, because sometimes it's just downright hard. And some days I just want to get up and hide. And I've just learned that it's okay to not have it all together all the time. And it's okay to get back on track the following day. Because for me, like, I'm just like that personality that I want to have everything done and I want to have everything perfect. And some days you just can't and it's okay. And I feel like I wish, you know, well, whenever you're a new mom, like you don't really know what to expect, but I wish someone would have been like, okay, like some days it's just going to be downright hard. You're going to want to hide in the closet. You're not going to want to deal with anything, but it's okay. Like just give yourself that grace and, you know, pick it up the next day. You know, some days are just worse than others and it's going to be okay in the end. I love that. And yeah, like some days you have a ton of energy and some days you honestly just don't. And, you know, you just, you get it through it, you get through it and, you know, your kids are fine. And I think as long as you're kind to yourself that they see that treatment, like how you run your life and how you exhibit yourself and treat yourself, like they're absolutely watching you, you know, they see that with your husband or your partner or whatever. So they, I mean, they're always watching you. And so if you can exhibit what you just said and just 
kind of cut yourself a break sometimes and be loving towards yep. yourself. Like that's going to help your children be more loving to themselves, you know, and that Absolutely. changes the world in the long term. So I love that. I love that answer. Um, so you have a blog. You're an amazing blogger. I was reading it earlier today. Um, and Thank actually you. learning stuff. I really enjoyed the article that you just posted about, you know, disciplinary parenting styles that you learned from a psychologist. Yes. I'm really going to take some of that. Yes. Would you mind sharing some of that before we end? Just because I think it was really important and really helpful for me. Sure. Um, me and my husband have never really, like we've always kind of had like a rough game plan, but we've never sat down and really talked about how we want to discipline. And um, this is a family psychologist. I've gone to her a couple of times for other things. And I'm like, I know she specializes in children. So I'm like, well, why don't we go and sit down with her? Because I know she had, she had a lot of pointers for me, but she wanted me and my husband to be there together because she's like, it's so much more helpful if I can talk to both of you guys at the same time. And um, my favorite thing that she said was only say it once because I struggle so much with sitting at the kitchen count or sitting at the kitchen sink doing dishes and the kids come to me and they're frantic. I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. Or I need a snack. I need a snack. I need a snack. I'll be like, okay, hold on a second. You know, as soon as I'm done, I'll get it for you. And then they ask me five more times. Just a minute. She's like, the first time you tell them and they disobey, you know, just calmly turn the sink off, walk them to timeout. She's like that, you know, it's not okay. And they need to know that what you say the first, when you say it the first time you mean it. And that has changed so much for me because I feel like I have a tendency to sit there and, you know, say just a second, just a second, just a second. And then by the time I said just a second, 15 times, I'm yelling and I'm like mad and it's all over a glass of water or, you know, a snack. And I feel like I'm not raising my voice as much anymore. And it just feels so much better to correct it immediately before I'm upset. Well, and how long did it take for the boys to really be okay with that? Like to really say, okay, well, she said this, I better step back and listen. Like, did it take a long time or was it like in a week? I noticed the difference right away the second day of doing it consistently. Wow. I love that. It was pretty quick. The first day it was kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. And then the second day it was kind of like, oh, she means what she says. You know, she's not just going to sit there and tell me, you know, 15 times. And there was a boundary that was set and it was like, oh, like, okay, she means what she says. And it just, I, I kind of watched it like click with them, but that's been a huge game changer for us as far as discipline goes. Well, I am 100% going to be utilizing that in my own life. And yes, you know, it takes a little bit of time up front to go and turn off the sink yep. and then put them upstairs and they're flipping out, I'm sure. And, you know, it's a big mess. Oh, totally. But you said day two. No. That's unreal. Oh, yeah. No, day two, I noticed it. I mean, it wasn't perfect day two, but I definitely noticed the difference on day two. Wow, I love that. I'm totally going to do that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, totally do it because it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm hard sometimes because you can't be lazy. I mean, and there are days where I'm like on the couch and I'm like, can you stop doing that? Can you stop doing that? Can you stop doing that? But if you just are sitting on the couch and you keep giving empty threats, empty threats, empty threats, so they're never going to listen. So it's like, yeah, I'm irritated that I actually have to get up and go over yeah. there and be interactive and get on their level. But it's so much better for you and for them. Yeah. If anyone has ever considered going to a therapist or a psychologist or something and having a class like that, 
I highly recommend it because it has been a complete game changer for me. Wow. That's amazing. And you're right. Like we've all been there, you know, you're, it's at the end of the day, you're tired, you are just spent and you do not get up off of that couch. I mean, you're speaking to the choir. Um, Totally. But it's important. And I think kids, especially young kids, they need those boundaries. And, you know, up until they're teenagers, like they feel safe, like boundaries make them feel safe. And yeah, absolutely. You got to get up and do it. But like you said, I mean, it's, it makes your life easier in the end and they, they end up feeling safer and happier. So I'm all for that. I'm going to exactly. totally, that's a huge takeaway for me from this interview. Yes. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Um, so if people uh, have questions about DMER or they want to check out your blog, how can they find you? Um, well, I'm super active on Instagram and that's just mommy truth. And then my blog is mommytruth.net. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for being on here. I think people who listen to this, who, you know, it might click for them, or they might, you know, be talking to a friend and the friend might say something. I mean, who knows? Like this can really change someone's life for the better. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Absolutely. I'm so glad that I'm able to talk about it and get my story out there. And hopefully somebody who's going through it can hear this and be like, okay, you know, this is a real thing and I'm not crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say like, you know, we talk about a lot of like hard issues on this show, but I will say like your Instagram and your blog is hilarious too. So if Thank you're, you. if you're out you. there, listening, you know, looking for some mommy humor, um, mommy. Truth, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks Katrina. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.